Good morning. It is Think Tank Thursday, and as is usually the case, the Show Me Institute is on board. And in this case, it is the incredibly talented Ms. Brenda Talent. Brenda, welcome. How are you? I'm fine, Gary. Happy New Year to you. And to you, too. I hope you had a great holiday weekend, great Christmas, great uh, New Year. Uh, it was spe- wonderful. Speaking of the New Year, legislative priorities. I just have a couple. Just just a couple. What are they, get Gary? I want to get rid of the personal property tax. Amen. I I want to get rid of the income tax. Amen. And I want to make it so the dollar follows the scholar, so that if I'm forced to pay for education, the parents can choose the school they want the money to go to. Well, Gary, you keep preaching that. (laughs) All right, I'll go to work with you guys at Show Me. Uh, (laughs) Those are the three things that I really think would make a huge difference in this state. They would. Um, they, they would help transform this state, make us more competitive, create greater opportunities for our citizens, help our citizens prosper. And we'd be, be telling uh, the other states we're ready to compete. Yeah. Um, how did we do? Do you know how we did compared to other states in terms of job growth? Um, my recollection is that actually from an unemployment standpoint, we're doing okay. I have not looked. I think there are new numbers coming out today. Um, and so I have not looked at those numbers. But um, having said that, when you look at our state, uh, we're not growing in the areas that we need to grow. We're still losing um, what I would call the educated workforce, and employers still do not view us as, as a state with an educated workforce. So uh, we've got some some growth to do in order to be competitive with other states. I don't hear anybody saying in California, man, I'm getting out of here. I'm going to Missouri. I I, I don't hear anybody... They may be going to Texas or Florida. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's where they're all going. And what do they have in common? No income tax. And um, they've got very robust school choice programs so that parents can tailor the education for their kids. Um, and and, and I, I don't know whether they have a personal property tax. I don't, I don't think they do. Uh, they have real property taxes. But, again, their economic environment is one where individuals can prosper and where the market is alive and well. And I just, uh, yeah, again, look, we don't have to look very far. Just look to our south, to Tennessee. They're growing with, in leaps and bounds, too. They don't have an income tax either. Yeah, I think the only thing we tax is capital gains, which is at a much lower rate, uh, but no income tax. Um, no income tax. And I actually thought, Gary, they were phasing that out, too. Are they really? I thought they were, but, you know, don't hold me to it. It's been a while since I looked at their, their tax structure because I've just been looking at their numbers, and they're growing and their citizens are, are prospering. So it's the kind of thing where, as Missouri, you know, we, we made great strides last year. We're, we're going to cut our income tax, um, but we need to continue cutting it. And as people have experienced uh, near the end of the year when they got their personal property tax bill, uh, they, there are a lot of people who were shocked because all of a sudden your car is worth a lot more than you even paid for it. And um, it's, uh, it, it's, uh, it's startling and it really hits people's pocketbooks. Um, the interesting thing there is while we have rollback provisions for real property taxes, we don't have any rollback provisions for personal property taxes. And uh, I, I really think as a state, we need to step back and look at our entire tax structure because we have this patchwork of different taxes where 
uh, I know there are certain elected officials that like to say Missouri's a low-tax state. Well, no, not when you couple everything together. When you put everything together, we're pretty middling. And in some areas, we're darn right excessive. So, you know, we have over 2,000 different sales tax districts. So in some parts of the state, you'll be paying tax that that's sales tax that competes with New York City tax. Um, we've got the personal property tax. We've got a commercial surtax. I mean, we could go on and on. And really, we need to step back and redesign our entire taxing system. So we're not taxing the production of income. Um, yeah, you know, government... And, and we can get into this discussion another day, but, you know, government needs some money to perform the services that they're supposed to, to provide. But um, we really need to look at how we're funding it in Missouri because we're not competitive. And other states are, are not only competitive, but getting more competitive. Other states are taking steps to attract more people to their state. And that's an important thing. By the way, Senator Eigel, uh, State Senator Eigel, he has been really good on that personal property tax. He has really been fighting to get rid of it. Uh, and, you know, who knows, maybe eventually he does succeed in doing that. Uh, but it, it it would make this a really, a, a, just a much better place to, uh, for businesses to come to. Uh, you know, one of the things that bother me is they take money out of so many different pockets. And I think that's what you were pointing out a minute ago. Because you get a... It, You've got an income tax and a personal property tax and a TIF here and a tax there. And, and and it makes it hard to compare cost of living to other states even. Well, that state doesn't have an income tax. Yeah, but they got higher property tax and they got lower. It's yeah, that, that's exactly right, Gary. And, and again, it's sort of like uh, another cliche, death by a thousand cuts, right? Because yeah. we've got all of these different things coming at us and, and taking money out of taxpayers, a pocketbook. Uh, and I'll add one other thing as a state. You know, we don't do zero-based budgeting. We don't, as a state, look at our state agencies and say, are you, how are you performing? Does this program make sense? Let's, let's go back to the drawing board and see whether you really should get the budget that you had last year plus, you know, 3% or plus 5% or whatever it is. Um, so what we always hear from our policymakers is that, you know, the budget needs to grow or we need more revenue. And we haven't even done the basics to ensure that we're spending taxpayers' money wisely. So we've got, again, so this, this whole agglomeration of we're, question whether we're spending our money in a wise way with good stewardship and at the same time, we're taking all these money, the, 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 the funds from taxpayers. And, and again, even with that, that's not a structure that encourages growth and prosperity. Uh, the economics in, the, in this area are pretty clear. You know, income taxes are bad. Corporate income taxes are bad. So there are things that we could do as a state to make our tax and regulatory environment much more attractive. And then there are things as a state we could do to be better stewards of the money that we are, in fact, receiving from taxpayers taxpayers. Brenda, are there, have you seen any pre-filed bills that lead in this direction? We've seen a number of bills in the tax area, and obviously the new speaker has talked about the fact that he wants additional income tax cuts, corporate tax cuts. Um, we've seen a number of education bills filed to try to make our state 
bring our state more into the 21st century for for school choice. Um, so we see, a, in fact, a number of bills filed. We, you know, we've issued our 2023 blueprint, Moving Missouri Forward, where we've identified a number of policies which we believe, if implemented, would, would help Missouri grow and Missourians prosper. And we've seen a number of bills touching on most of the areas that we're talking about. Um, the real key is, will they cross the finish line? Which ones will move forward? Or will they get watered down so that they don't have much impact in actually moving the needle on growth? So those are things that our analysts are watching and will be talking about. I mean, we'll provide testimony um, in the state capitol on legislation that we think will really help Missourians. And we'll be pointing out where we think it's really going to undermine the growth of our state and undermine individual liberty well we just have to kind of watch and wait and see what they uh, what they what they do um I, I don't have a lot of faith that that things um are gonna really change i i just i don't um i I think it takes real statesmanship and leadership. And one of the questions that, uh, well, one of the issues that we're going to be watching is, will the legislature be functional this year rather than dysfunctional, <laughs> as uh, some would say they were last year? Yeah, I had uh, the Secretary of State on yesterday, and he said it's kind of a mixed bag. On one hand, when they can't do anything, it's, it's good news. And on the other hand, when they can't do anything, it's not. Uh, and I think he was, he was absolutely right. Brenda Talent, thank you for coming on board with us today. Thank you for having me, Gary. You take care. Always a pleasure. Thank you. Uh, we are going to chat with MoFirst.org. Paul Hambly, uh, Hambly is going to be with us uh, talking about the difference that you can make with local government. Uh, he's in for Ron Calzone. Uh, but in the meantime, more junk science exposed. We've been telling you about this. Wait to hear this coming up. Gary Nolan Zimmer, Radio Network. It is uh, 20 minutes after 10 o'clock, and at 10.35, uh, we will have uh, Mo Freedom. No, we won't. Mo First. That's who we'll have. We'll have Mo First. Uh, Mr. Hamby is going to be with us, and uh, he'll talk about what we can do at the local level, uh, protecting our freedoms, etc. In the meantime, uh, I am trying to get Jeff Hayes on the program for tomorrow. If you don't know who he is, Jeff is the director of The Real Anthony Fauci, the movie. Uh, we're going to try and get him on tomorrow morning in the first hour. So if that's uh, uh, if you're curious about Tony Fauci, phony Fauci as we refer to him, uh, that might be a segment you'll want to uh, perhaps record. Who knows? Although it will be available on the uh, on the interwebs, won't it, Brian? Yes, it will. Uh huh. Did I catch you off guard? <laughs> Just a little bit, but that's Just a little okay. bit. Yeah, peel me a grape. Uh, anyway, uh, so that's that's coming up. In the meantime, uh, junk science is added again. And we've been telling you about this, that this is junk science, about vaping being bad for you and all this. Um, but apparently, it's coming to light. And in fact, uh, a peer-reviewed journal has just pulled a study that linked vaping to cancer. Now, I just found out the guy who wrote this study uh, is a guy named Stanton Glantz, and I've dealt with Mr. Glantz uh, many times in the past on secondhand smoke. He is like the godfather of junk science. He comes up with the, the, the most crooked studies I have ever seen. And he apparently came up with this study that claims that vaping 
is uh, somehow going to cause cancer and heart disease. The World Journal of Oncology retracted uh, an article that he put together claiming that nicotine vapors face the same amount of cancer risk as cigarette smokers. After publication of the article, the editors explain, uh, concerns have been raised regarding the article's methodology, source data processing, including statistical analysis, and reliability of conclusions. If you're a smoker and you can get hooked on vaping and give up tobacco, this is absolutely a terrific way to go. Uh, And I know that Brian hasn't had a cigarette in geez, I don't know, a decade or more, uh, because he started vaping. Uh, the World Journal of Oncology article was uh, attributed to no fewer than 13 researchers at institutions like University of Missouri, Temple University Hospital, Mayo Clinic, Icon uh, School of Medicine at uh, Mount Sinai, uh, other obvious problems. They, they didn't find out if these people had problems before they started vaping. And in fact, when they looked at it, it turns out they did. So the whole study is just junk science. It's just, it's what Stanton Glantz put out, puts out all the time. What do you think the motivation for publishing a false study would be? I mean, if you've got a product that you know, well, you don't know, but you could look at other studies that have been done across the ocean and see that, hey, these folks are saying that Nick, these uh, vaping products are 98% safer than typical carcinogens. Why would you ignore that? So, yeah, that's, that's bogus. Well, the lead on this, Stanton Glantz, is um, he's like, his job is to get people to quit smoking. His livelihood depends on, you know, showing a reason to exist. And so, to him... You know, that's the only thing in his, that's the only tool in his arsenal. It's the only thing he's got is to, if he wants to keep working and making money, is to keep coming out and hammering on these things. Uh, so his motivation is, is you know, pure income. I've, he, he did a study in a place called St. Louis Park, Minnesota, where they had banned smoking. And he came out and said, wow, look at this. The heart attack rates and the cancer rates all went down. Uh, and then... Uh, because they found out that the law was uh, not constitutional. They allowed smoking uh, to again happen in restaurants and bars. And he said, and look, it went back up again. Turned out that the study was so deeply flawed. First, the same, the same dip in heart attacks and cancer rates appeared about three or four years before the smoking ban. It just, you know... Life's not steady. Sometimes there's an increase, sometimes a decrease. No difference. Uh, And then they found out that uh, he didn't check to see who was a smoker, who was a never smoker, who was a previous smoker. The study was complete bogus. But that's the kind of work that he does. Those people are out there. And they're operating, you know, trying to get you to believe that their goal is just to protect you. And in many cases... They have the hubris to try to protect you from yourself. And this guy, I, I believe this guy is a blatant liar. Uh, you know who he works with, Brian? Uh, John Banzaf. <laughs> I was just getting ready to ask you that. Yep, they work it together. It sounds just like a Banzaf study. 
Yeah, John Banzaf is the guy that started. Uh, he he literally tried to sue fast food restaurants because some people were getting fat. <laughs> he tried. He 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 sued dry cleaners uh, because they charged more for women's blouses than men's shirts, and there's a reason for that uh, because women are much pickier than than we are in general. Uh, but this guy is just as litigious as you can get. Um, and I've debated him on Fox News. I debated him on uh, NBC. Um, they're charlatans. So I'm just going to tell you, if you're a smoker and you can find a place somewhere in Missouri where you can buy a vaping product and you try it and you like it, it's a great idea to switch. What would you recommend? Like, do you know well, of any I like that, uh, uh, myself. I, I, I am literally hooked on Coastal Clouds Caramel Brulee. It is. Oh, that is a good one. It is good. It's it, very good. I get uh, all I, my stuff from Como Vapor. I don't know if you knew that or not, but yeah. I, I, I They've got two locations here I, in, in this city, Columbia, Missouri, that I can go to at any time that I need to. And it's really convenient because sometimes I go home different ways depending on what I need to do. And they're open regardless of where, which direction I'm going. It's great. I, and I the hundreds of products that they have, too, the, the different uh, flavors. Usually I'm stuck on this Carney 4. Have you tried the Carney 4? Oh, it's really good. I know you said you just tried this new Caramel Brulee. Is that what you said? Caramel Brulee. Caramel yeah. Brulee, uh -huh. yeah. yeah. Oh, it's, I, I don't it's remember. fantastic. Uh, and I, Como I Vapor, you need to check that out if you haven't done so already. I don't. I don't remember. And if folks turning... that are thinking about stopping smoking, you know, thought about getting into vaping. Go check it out. It's it's even better than smoking. But anyway, you bringing up Como Vapor, you know, I appreciate. I, I that. didn't bring up Como Vapor. You did. <laughs> I was just talking about the junk science. Oh, oh. I thought oh, you were setting. So up now a you take there. it all back, right? After you said it, it's a little bit hard to unring the bell there. Um, let me see. Uh-huh, okay. Uh, let me, I got a reply here on an email because, um, it means, uh, we're going to have our guest tomorrow. And bingo. Uh, all right, listen, uh, we're up against the clock, got to take a quick break. Um, MoFirst.org, they do such a great job uh, watching what's going on down in the Capitol, but they've got other insights as well. And uh, Ron Calzone usually comes on with us. He is not going to be available, but Paul Hamby is. And he wants to talk about the difference that you can make with local government. And I think you got to start somewhere, and that might be the, uh, the place to start. Uh, local government. Uh, work your way up from there. Uh, I'm not saying uh, that, you know, working on state legislature or the federal government isn't important, but you might have a little more impact on your local government if you can unite and fight for freedom there. Um, if you're a conservative and you're in Boone County, Missouri, that might, <laughs> might be a bit of a challenge. But, you know, if we could just activate our people, if we could activate those conservative slash libertarian uh, voters out there, we st I, I do believe we could win. I have faith that we could win. 
Anyway, uh, that's what's coming up in the next few minutes at about 10.35. Don't forget the vote for the House of Representatives for Speaker. That's coming up in the final hour of the program. We're going to carry that as well on a Think Tank Thursday. Gary Nolan Zimmer, Radio Network. This is the Gary Nolan Show. 1035 on a Think Tank Thursday. Uh, let's see. We, we also, by the way, um, this uh, murder in, in Idaho, when he goes in the courtroom, uh, the probable cause documents will become available. And we'll get to see uh, what exactly uh, motivated the uh, FBI to go after him. Uh, and I am curious to see what they had on that. But the uh, Speaker of the House, that position is... Well, up in the air. Uh, and that vote will happen again for the seventh time sometime in the final hour of the program. We'll try to carry some of that. But right now, uh, let me just uh, bring on board uh, Mo First, uh, Director uh, Paul Hamby. Ron Calzone was uh, otherwise occupied, couldn't make it on board. And he wants to talk about uh, the difference that you can make with local government. Paul, welcome. How are you? Uh, good morning, Gary. No. Um, so when you, you say me, make it, when you say make a difference, you talk about uh, fighting for smaller government, uh, lower taxes, all of that. What? Um, we, I am talking about all that, or I would like to talk about that. But first, let's talk about Kevin McCarthy, and if he becomes a speaker, or if, or someone else becomes a speaker. Uh, and does that really matter? Let's look back at the last 10 years. We had uh, John Boehner, or first we had Nancy Pelosi in charge. The Tea Party came along. The Republicans got back the House in Washington. And instead of going down a new path, they put John Boehner right back in charge. And then we had Nancy Pelosi. And, and of course, along the line there, we had Paul Ryan. And do you remember what happened to the federal government during all of those people's terms? <laughs> Yeah, it got bigger. Not sure it did it. <laughs> right. So I, my, my take on it is it probably doesn't matter. They're going to keep doing what they do, and, and we don't like it at, at, in Washington. But in the local level, people can absolutely make a difference. Uh, city council, county commission, school board, these are areas where, where people can make a difference and, and keep an eye on. To, to be don't have to be elected. Uh, that's, that's one thing people often think is, well, I don't want to run for a position. But you don't have to be elected to make a difference. You can be a watchdog. You can keep an eye on what they're doing. And I'm going to talk about a couple of local issues uh, where people have made a difference uh, in, in that case. Um, and But one, one, for example, is a lot of the cities now are raising taxes by going after targeted tax increases. So in your in your city budget, for instance, for instance there in, in uh, Columbia, you have your big city budget, but but they may not be able to get a tax increase passed. So they say, well, let's just target law enforcement. We're going to raise a law enforcement tax and give more money to the police. And so when they sit down for the budget, you know, they carve out and go, well, the police have got this extra few million dollars over here, so we can still spend money over there. It's still raising money for the whole city, but when they can't get a tax increase passed based on the whole community, then they just do it on a targeted. So that that's something I think people ought to speak out against. Well, you know, I'm up here in uh, in Boone County, and it's really challenging for conservatives to prevail. 
Uh, the university leans left. Many of the students have been indoctrinated. They lean left. But there's a part of me that thinks, Paul, that if we could find a way to activate the conservatives, we could change some of this. I, I, I think there are, you know, at the risk of sounding like Richard Nixon, <laughs> um, there is a silent majority. There absolutely is. And a lot of times, well, the the problem we have in, in your community is that, that uh, the university students have a lot of extra time to go out and, and fight these things. And so do the people that teach to them because they, they aren't working 40 or 50 hours a week. Uh, and so, but out in the rest of the state, uh, you know, the folks that lean right uh, tend to be working full time or more and uh, and don't have as much time to, to um, uh, speak out. But but I think what we what we can see is there's a few cases where people are successful and it doesn't take very much. And so I want to just share with you a story in a really small town community in northwest Missouri called Plattsburgh or Clinton County. And um, uh, the, um, it's, there's a special road district for the rural roads uh, that is tax-supported, and, and they put gravel on the roads, and they run uh, motor graders down to keep them smooth. And, and uh, in that road district, for a number of years, one of the people that worked there that wrote the checks had set up a, a, a shell company that the money went to her, and she stole, over a period of several years, $286,000. Wow. Now, you can only get away with that if nobody's paying attention. <laughs> but but once someone caught on to money going to where it shouldn't be, then they called for an audit from the state auditor office, and, and then she was charged with fraud. And and this, this blows my mind. According to the newspaper article on this, she was required to pay back a hundred thousand dollars of the two hundred eighty-six thousand dollars that she. What happened to the other hundred eighty-six grand? <laughs> That's a good question. And, and why does she get to keep that, or, or whatever she spent it on? Uh, so uh, I think that's a you know it's a whole different issue of problems in the court system. But this is one example where someone did finally speak up and, and found an issue and 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 uh, brought some sunshine to it. Um, here in my own community, we are working on an audit for the school district. We know that they were, it appears that they were in violation of the Sunshine Laws. There's some questions about how, how money was spent in financial records and, and bookkeeping. So um, we've initiated an audit with the state auditor office, a citizen-initiated audit, and uh, a certain number of people have to sign that. And then we will get uh, the state auditor to come in and review the books. The uh, school board's reaction was, anybody can come in and look at our books at any time. Now, Gary, I don't know about you, but I'm not a bookkeeper or an accountant, so if they showed me their books, it wouldn't mean much. So we need somebody that's qualified to go in and review the books and make sure that everything is in order. Yeah. Um, the, the problem, frankly, Paul, is that government is so damn big. It's got its fingers in so many things. There is so many opportunities um, to screw the public uh, that I'm surprised we don't catch it more often. Well, I, I agree. There's, uh, there's a lot of opportunity out there for people uh, to, uh, to do wrong. But we also know that there's some people, not everyone, but some people who behave differently when they know they're being watched. So when people show up at the county commission meeting or the city council meeting or at a school board meeting and they ask a few questions 
and uh, sometimes they'll have cameras, um, write a letter to the editor, then the people who make decisions know they're being watched. And, and I think that we can get a better behavior, whether anything happened in the past that, you know, that was wrong, from there on, once they're knowing, they know that they're being watched, I think we'll see a different behavior. Uh, let me grab a phone call here, and uh, we'll get Alan on the line. He's got a question for you. Alan, welcome. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Hey, I'm, uh, I was on the road board for in my little neck of the woods down here, and I wanted to change because I didn't want the whole family, which that's what it had been. You know, one family controls everything, and I, I finally got tired of it, and I got a couple other people involved. And it worked. It was starting to work. And then all of a sudden, <clears throat> I get all these invoices. We got the, we, at that time, we had a major flood or whatever. We could have had some female money, and I'm doing all this stuff. I spent hours upon hours. But I, a road board member is about equal to the pet catcher in the county. Okay, I think I was getting paid like twenty dollars a, a meeting, and we had one meeting a month. I spent forty, fifty bucks in gas. Okay, I caught it. I, I caught it and brought it up at a meeting, and I said everybody has to look at all the invoices. Well, well, she voted against it. Well, pretty soon I laid the paperwork out there. I'm by, we're buying fertilizer and lime for their farm, and I said, this is it. I had the county commissioner there, and I showed him first, and he said, don't ruffle the feathers. Really? Okay, <laughs> that topic. Now, let's talk about your insurance thing. All right, well, wait a minute, Alan. We're, we're running out of time. I'll let Paul respond, uh, and I appreciate the call. Thank you for being on with us. Well, Paul, what do you think? I, th I think Alan speaks very well to what, I, what I'm promoting here, and that is that one person who stands up can make a difference, and once that one person stands up, other people will then have the courage to stand up and speak out, and pretty soon you can start a movement that way at the, your local level. All right, if you want to find out what's going on at the Capitol, uh, then uh, MoFirst.org is the place to go. Paul Hamby, thank you for being with us this morning. Thank you. Good to talk to you, Gary. All right. Glad to have you with us. All right. Jordan Peterson. Wait till you hear what's going on with him. Huh. Uh, that's the Gary Nolan Show, the Zimmer Radio Network. It is uh, Think Tank Thursday. The uh, House of Representatives will again be voting on the Speaker of the House. We'll see what kind of uh, momentum uh, they were able to gather uh, after last night's meeting. We'll we'll start. Uh, I guess that starts at... Uh, at uh, about 11.05. There won't be much for us to carry at 11.05 because they'll still be introducing each other and, and uh, apparently candidates before the vote. But we will keep you apprised of it. We'll keep our eye out for it and let you know um, what happens. Basically, we just have to uh, read the other category. <laughs> you know, it, it's, it, it's interesting. Um, the Epic Times came on day before yesterday and said... Watch the vote, and if he doesn't get it, he's in trouble. And, it, it, you know, for the next couple of votes, it was uh, 20 Republicans voting for somebody else. 
And then in the last vote, it was 20 Republicans voting for someone else and someone just voting present, which means he actually lost another one. So we'll see if the momentum continues. Uh, but I've been saying this for days. I, I like these, uh, these representatives. They're fighting for smaller government. They're fighting to change the status quo. And I know that, uh, you know, if you're watching Fox News, man, they are just ripping these people apart. And, and their argument, it, this is their argument. Their argument is, well, there's only 20 of you. You shouldn't be able to control what happens. But actually, they should. That's the way government works. That's, that's perfectly fine with me. You know, there are times when it works against me, times when it works in, in my favor. Um, so we'll, you know, we'll just have to wait it out. Um, by the way, uh, Brian, who's answering all the phones today, has, um, well, he's been really uh, doing yeoman's work. And I, and I wanted to compliment you, Brian, on, on, uh, on your phone work today. Good, good. Yeah, I aim to please. You're missing by a mile. No. All right. Um, so, yeah. No, 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 no. So the, um, the, the point here is these guys are standing on principle. And it is never easy to stand on principle. You will get attacked. You will be viciously attacked. And that's what's happening uh, with Fox News. They're They're going after these guys. They're... They're not playing the game. It's it's uh, it's an uphill battle. But you know what? If if they realize that nothing is going to happen until something changes, until somebody else's hat is in the ring, you know, eventually. They're going to have to do it. They're going to have to change. Those 20 people, that's what we're doing right now all across the country. What those 21 Republicans are doing is what you and I are doing every day. They're, they're, we're severely outnumbered as far as activists are concerned, at least here in Boone County. But we keep trying. And we would love to have the kind of success that these Republicans are having. I'm impressed by them. I'm impressed that they're willing to take the heat. Uh, I am disappointed in what Sean Hannity did going after uh, Lauren Boebert. It was, it was just ugly. Uh, 874-9390, toll free, 800-529-5572. That gets you into the studios. Uh, also, uh, Dr. Jordan Peterson... You won't believe what they're telling him he has to do. Has to do. It, it's crazy. This is why this is why freedom of speech is so important. This is why government regulating industry is so dangerous. We'll tell you about that in just a minute. Let me get Barb on the line. Uh, Barb, welcome. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Good morning. Everybody morning. Everybody listening to you should be calling uh, their congressman. There's not one person from Missouri voting constitutionally. They're all voting for Kevin Pelosi. 
or Nancy McCarthy, whichever way you want to do it. Um, we don't have any constitutional people in Congress from Missouri. They all claim to be conservative. Well, there's a big difference between being conservative and constitutional. Roy Blunt claimed to be conservative. He, he was, certainly wasn't constitutional, and he was not much of a conservative either. <laughs> so people need to be, I've called Blaine Luthemeyer's office. I called Jason Smith's office. Both of them are voting for Kevin Pelosi. Yeah, there's, you know, these, these 21 brave Republicans need to stand their ground uh, until McCarthy, you know, realizes that he's got to get out of the way. I don't care if they have to vote 600 times. Yep. The constitutional people, which there are few of them in Washington, very few of them, need to hold their ground. And if the next time somebody wants to shut down the government, shut it down. That means they're not screwing anything up if they're shut down. Yeah, you know, this is... So long as they're shut down. Yep, I agree. And, and this does tie to the shutdowns, and, and I'll tell you how. Uh, in fact, you'll have to listen online because uh, i got to run. Barb, thank you. The reason I, I bring this up is every once in a while, some Republicans will say, we're going to, you know, if the government shuts down, it shuts down. And then there's, you know, all the hoopla and all the attacks and, oh, they're, you know, essential services and these people aren't getting paid and it's near Christmas and blah, blah, blah. And then they cave. And when they cave, they're essentially saying, well, it wasn't that important after all. We were wrong. We caused all this tumult, and then we caved because we really were wrong. Well, these Republicans face that same, uh, that same bar. They can't just say, well, we give up. Because they're no different than the Republicans when they, you know, control the spending and they say, well, the government's got to shut down. We're not going to cave. And then they subsequently do. Because that's telling everybody we were wrong. It was not really that important. I don't know if I'm explaining that clearly enough. But the bottom line is they've got to stick to their guns. Uh, otherwise, they will be seen as losers, troublemakers. Uh, they will suffer politically uh, in the end. they got to stand their ground. Jordan Peterson, uh, apparently up in Canada, if he wants to keep working, uh, he has to get a, a re-education uh, program. I kid you not. I plan as soon as possible, he says, to make all the allegations and my responses as public as possible while abiding by the ethical legal restrictions on doing so. Uh, demands that are being made of him with regard to his re-education. They literally will take away his license if he doesn't subject himself to this re-education plan. This is what happens when you don't have a constitution or you ignore the one you have. Unbelievable. Gary Nolan Show, Zimmer Radio Network. This is the Gary Nolan Show.